Tuesday tonight. I pray, God, you clothe him within the power of his calling. Yes, and, God, you preach him. You preach him with unction. Uh, Lord, you fill him with the Spirit of God, and you use him. I pray, God, nothing tonight would be said to grieve the Holy Ghost. And, God, may we remember that you are, that, that the, the Holy Spirit of God is indeed uh, the most sensitive person in this building tonight. And, God, I pray we don't do anything that would grieve you. And, Lord, that we'd be sensitive to what you're wanting to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I appreciate it, the opportunity. And like I said, I do love Brother Lee. He's been a good friend, and I'm thankful for his friendship. I will say this. One thing we do have in common is we have some faithful felons. Amen. And uh, every church needs a couple of good church members with a record. You know, somebody ain't scared to go back to jail. And so... Uh, I appreciate that. Here, I want to do this. I was looking around. I was thinking about the guys we brought with us, and I'm so thankful. I want you to do this. If you are a God-called preacher, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. If you are a God-called preacher, if God has called you to preach, I want you to stand up. Look at that, Brother Lee. Just, just preachers all over the joint. Now, man, I'm thankful for that. And uh, you can be seated right there. I, I say that to say this. You always get nervous when you're preaching in a room full of preachers. And uh, because just like those felons, everything you say can and will be used against you in the court of public opinion. And uh, especially when it comes to preachers. But uh, Brother Lee asked me to bring the word today and, and I, I really did. I started praying and I asked the Lord to give me something uh, that would help us. Give me something as men that would challenge us. In the day and age we're living in, we need more men to stand up. And be men. We need more men to stand up and be leaders. We need more men that will stand up and without apology lead their family, lead their churches. I tell our folks, I hope this ain't live stream, but I told our folks down at our church, you know, it's a shame sometimes you'll have a testimony service and more women will stand up and brag on the goodness of God than the men will. And uh, we need more men to stand up and, and, and be the leaders that God's called us to be. And I begin to think about what the Lord would have me uh, to bring. And Proverbs chapter number 30 was the verses where the Lord directed my attention. And I want to direct your attention to Proverbs 30. And I want you to find verse number 24. Proverbs 30 verse number 24. The Bible says this, There be four things, watch this phrase, which are little... Upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. I read that verse and I began to think about as men, sometimes we feel like our place and our position is insignificant. The devil's real good at his job, and the devil's real good at slipping in and telling us as men that we're not making a difference, that there's nothing that you can do that would make a great impact. But the Bible tells us that there are four things. That though they are little, that though they are small, that though they seem like they don't pack much punch, there are some things that are exceeding wise. And I wonder tonight how many of us be honest and say that there are times in our own Christian life where we do feel like we're not making a difference. Maybe you come to church and you show up on Sunday mornings, you show up on Wednesday nights and you're faithful to the house of God but you walk back out of those doors and maybe the devil, maybe yourself, maybe uh, something that's going on in the church service, it makes you think in your mind when you leave, why are you here? 
Why are you doing what you're doing? Why, why, why do you keep showing up? There's, you, you don't have a part. You, all you do is sit on the pew. All you do is sit in the back row. And you don't sing songs. You don't preach sermons. You don't do any of that stuff. And Man, isn't it just like the devil to try to make us to feel like we're insignificant? And man, the day and the age of the society we're living in, it's the agenda to tell us that as men that, that we don't have a place, we don't have a part, we're, we're, we're not even worth anything. And sometimes we feel insignificant. Sometimes we feel like we're not even worth considering. Sometimes we feel like we're insufficient. Sometimes we feel like our place, we're not giving back anything. But I want to say that just your presence here tonight it's enough to let other men know that they're not in this thing alone. It's to let those folks that are around them to know that, man, there's another church an hour away that they're doing the same thing, the same men, and we've got the same common interests, and that's we're trying to love Jesus. We're trying to love our families. We're trying to love our church. And sometimes even in the midst of serving, even in the midst of coming and being a part, there are those times where we feel insufficient. Almost like even if we were considered, even if we were called upon to do something, we feel like we wouldn't do it right. Feel like we're not even good enough to, 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 to do it in the respectful manner. The Bible tells us that there are four things that though they are little upon the earth, they are exceeding wise. And I want to read them to you. I want to give you my thoughts tonight. Verse 25, he says, the ants. The ants are a people not strong. You see that? Not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make, they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts, they have no king, yet go they forth, all of them, by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. Now in this passage of scripture it gives us four things that though they seem small there is a principle that we apply to them that I believe we can apply to our own lives and in those times where the devil tells us that we're not worth anything and in those times when the devil tells you that you're not making a difference in your home and in those times when it feels like you're not making a difference in your church take some principles out of these four little creatures lives Climb to your life and watch how God blesses you. Watch how God blesses your home. Watch how God blesses your church. Notice this, the first one are the ants. And in verse 25 it said, The ants are a people not strong. It speaks of their weakness. It's not long before we realize they're not much. They're ants. They're not strong. The Bible tells us they're not strong. But watch, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The ants give us the principle of being challenged. How many of you know that uh, if someone were to call and ask you to bring a word, man, you, I mean, you'd automatically just get the nervous sweats. I mean, if, if the pastor were to stand up and say, Brother, I want you to pray for us tonight. I mean, you, you would, your knees would start knocking. You would be so nervous. And sometimes we've got to understand that not everything's going to come easy in life. There are times where we're not gifted. If someone were to call me, Brother Daniel, and said, Brandon, I want you to smoke about uh, this much meat to feed about 30 people. Man, I, I, 
I'd have called Brother Frankie. I said, Brother, I need your help. You know why? Because I'm not good at that. And I know that I'm not good at that. And I know that that's not my strength. If I'm being honest, I know that that is my weakness. And there are times in the Christian life where the devil will tell you the same thing. He'll say, because you're not strong, because you don't excel, because you're not the greatest, because somebody else can do it better than you, that you should just sit back. That you shouldn't even try. That you should stay at home. But the Word of God tells us that these ants, that though they are not strong, they have a preparation. They challenge themselves because in the areas where they are weak, they have to go the extra mile. And so what happens, the Bible tells us that they prepare their meat in the summer. And do you know what happens if summer rolls around and they ain't been preparing? Do you know what happens if they haven't been meeting the challenge that is set before them? They're going to fail. You know what happens in our own Christian lives? When we don't put in the work, and when we don't put in the effort, and when we don't challenge ourselves, we're not going to be strong either. Brother Lee, we're going to be weak. Why is that? Because there are things that we're just not good at doing. Can I get an amen in God's house? I mean, anybody else like me, that there, there are things that I just am not strong at doing. I'll be honest with you. It ain't nobody here but us, so we can be honest. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a real good Christian. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got in an argument the other day, and I was talking to my mom, and you know, my, my mom's my biggest challenge. She's always challenging me and pushing me to be a better Christian. And I said something the other day, and I don't mean it was something that just, you know, wasn't, wasn't very nice. I know y'all find that hard to believe. Wasn't very nice. And my mom looked at me, she, she was on the phone, and I was on FaceTime. She looked at me, and she said, uh, I thought you was a preacher. And I said, well, I am a preacher. I said, now, a good Christian? No, I'm not. I said, I, I said but, yeah, I am a preacher. A good Christian? No. And so you know what I found out? I found out in my own life being a Christian takes work. Because people will try the Jesus that is living inside of your life. Can I get a witness? And God say, Listen, the people that you work with, people you go to school with, people that you hang out with, people you go to church with, they will try all of the spirituality that you have. And if you've not been in the Word, and if you've not been on your knees, and if you not have a relationship with God, then guess what? You will be a weak Christian. But what does the ant teach us? The ant says that you've got to prepare. You've got to put out the challenge. You've got to put a little work into some things. And it's the same way in this Christian life. If there, we're ever going to be a good group of men, guess what? We're going to have to have things like this. And do you know that you being here tonight, you had, it was a challenge? Man, I'm sure there was 30 other things you could have done today. But the fact that you're here tonight, you are putting in the work. You are challenging your own self to be a better Christian, to be a better church member, to be a better man for the glory of God. The ant, he says they're not strong, but they prepare. They challenge themselves. But then it goes on in verse number 26 and it says, The conies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses... In the rocks. I was reading this to my wife today. She asked me, she said, what are you going to preach on? What are you going to speak on? And I, and I said, I said, man, I, I got a pretty good thought the Lord's given me. I said, I hope it goes over well. I'm, I'm, I've never never preached this, never brought this out. And I, Brother Lee, I began to read this to my wife. And uh, I got to verse number 26, and I said, the conies are but a feeble. Now, this is wisdom from a pregnant wife. She said, the chili cheese ones from Sonic? 
Anybody know what a chili cheese cone is? Hey, man, we can shout over that. That is, a, that is a pregnant woman's wisdom right there. I said, no, but those are good too. But the conies, what is that? It, it, the, the Bible tells it's almost like a badger. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an animal that, that comes from the Middle East. And the Bible tells us that, that these conies, they are feeble folk. Well, man, when I start reading that, I put my own self in that because it seems like the, the song of, that Solomon here in Proverbs, he's describing my life. Man, talk about strength. I don't have much. Talk about being feeble. I can identify with that. And he says that these conies, these little badgers, he said, they are but a feeble folk, watch this, yet they make their houses in the rocks. What does that tell us? It tells us that we have to apply the principle of not only being challenged, but the principle of being cautious. I begin to read about this because, like I said, I'm not smart, but I've got some books that are. And I, and I began to read behind somebody that was much smarter than I am. And they said that what these little conies will do is that they, they will live in these rocks. Now, if you was to bring a coney and you was to put this animal on the pulpit, everybody would notice it. But if you was to take that same little animal, Brother Lee, and put him on a rock, you would walk by him and never notice it. And so what they, they were saying was that this little coney, they would make their houses in the rocks because they know that as small as they are, they are, they, they are very apt to becoming prey to the birds of the air. And so what they would do is these birds, they would swoop in and they would grab these conies and they would take them off, off into the air. And so what they would do is these conies, they would live in the rocks and so they would, when it was time to feed, they would all go out together. And while they're all out together, they said they would begin to feed and there would be one that would stand to guard and look out into the air. Now when these conies, they would go out and they'd start feeding. If the one that was over here making sure that nothing came and got them saw a bird in the air, he would let out a loud screech. And when he let out the loud screech, what would then happen is the rest of them, they would quit what they were doing. They would stop looking for food. They would stop doing exactly uh, what was going on at that rock, and they would all run back to their home. And then when I read this, I began to think that the Bible tells us that the conies are but a feeble folk. Now can I say to us tonight, every one of us are feeble in our own ways. All of us have to apply the... The, the, the principle of caution to our own lives because the devil is alive and the devil is real and the devil knows what it takes to get you to fall and the devil knows your weakness and the devil knows just exactly what it's going to take to get you out of church the devil knows what it's going to take to get you to cheat on your wife the devil knows what it's going to take in order to get you to fall into some sin and do you know what they said? They said that in this, in this coney, they, they have a community. And in that community, there is one that will stand guard. And he will watch out over the rest of them. And when he sees danger, he would let out a yell. Do you know why it's so important for you to have a good group of men? Is the accountability that it holds. Because when you miss a service or when you miss a two services or, or, or when, when, when they see you start uh, partaking in something that, that, that's just questionable when it comes to the Word of God and they see some immoral things going on in your life, thank God for a group of men that will call you out on exactly what you're dealing with. They will look at you and say, man, that ain't right. 
They'll look at you and say, man, we've been missing you in the house of God. And you know what they're doing? They're not being mean. They're not being malicious. They're not trying to poke at you. They are just like this coney. They are standing guard. And they are yelling into your life saying, you better take caution. You better put some guardrails up in your life. You better make sure that you raise your children and raise your wife and raise your family in the house of God. Why? Because there's danger out there. Because there's danger that each and every one of us will face. And these conies, they understand. They're feeble. But there's strength in these rocks. There's strength in this community. Because in this community, there's someone that will call them out on what they're going through. Can I say, Brother Lee, thank God for some folks that will call me out when I ain't doing right. Thank God for some men in my life who have looked me in my eyes and said, Brandon, that just ain't it, man. You need to check up. You need to check up on what you're doing. You ain't been faithful to the house of God. I, I seen you over there talking to somebody that wasn't your wife, man. You need, man, I seen you over there acting away and doing some things that, that just, just, just ain't Christ-like. Instead of getting mad, you need to realize that God has put some men God has put a community, God has put a church, God has put a pastor, Greater Hope Baptist Church, in your life that will be the one like the Coney who will stand and who will give caution into your life. He will stand and he will let out the yell. He'll stand and he'll preach the word of God from the pulpit. And what is it? It's not so you'll get mad. It's so that the word of God will convict your life and say, I better apply the principle of caution to my own life. These conies, they are feeble. And so are you. And so am I. And that's why I need this. That's why I need somebody that will gather around and when they see something questionable in my life, they'll say, man, I just don't like the way your, your life's heading right now. You better apply caution into your life. Thank God for some men that understand that we are feeble folk. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, you're talking about, I, I know that's King James, man, that's, that's, that's North Georgia talk right there, folk, amen. We are feeble folk. We are starting ministry at day. We, we are to rebrand this called the Feeble Folk Fellowship, amen. I, this is it right here. We just, Brother Jake, get a flower made up. We, it's, that's pretty good. And you know why? Because when we understand that we are nothing and we identify as feeble, we won't get mad when somebody walks into our lives, points the finger and starts telling us, man, you better take caution. You better take caution. So watch this. Not only does he say that the conies are a bit of feeble folk, and that is to apply the principle of being cautious, but in verse 27 he says, the locusts have no king. Yet they go forth, all of them, by bands. The locusts teach us to apply the principle of being committed. Because in this verse it tells us the locusts, they have no king. The locusts, and there's a lot more that I'd love to dive in, but for the sake of time, I just want to give you these simple principles and not bog your mind, but these locusts, if you'll, if you'll understand how a locust works, and there's way more here and a lot, lot of good preaching that I'd love to take time 
to, to talk about, but, but, but I, I want to move quickly because these locusts, when they begin to run, when they, when, they, when they begin to fly, when they begin to jump, it's almost like they have no purpose. If you ever watch a locust and they land on something, when it takes off, it, it, the scientists will tell you that he has nowhere about where he's going. He just jumps and just starts to maneuver, and you don't know if he's going here, going there, going up, going down, going yonder. You just don't understand. And, and the Word of God tells us that the locusts, they have no king. It's almost like they have no direction. And how many of us have ever felt that way? How many of us in our own self, you get out in this world by yourself and you think, man, I, I feel lost at times. I just don't understand what I'm doing. I don't understand where I'm going. I, somebody talks to me about the Bible. I feel insignificant. I feel insufficient. And he said, these locusts, they have no king. Watch this. Yet, they, yet go they forth, all of them, by bands. One locust ain't much to worry about. Many locusts, you better take cover. If one locust lands in your garden, so what? If many locusts lands in your garden, you ain't got no harvest. They will eat everything inside. Why is that? Because by themselves, it's not much to worry about. Oh, but buddy, if they ever get together, if they ever band up, and if they ever lock arms, what happens? You better make sure that you take cover. And do you know that it's the same thing? That one of us, eh, we ain't going to make a difference. But all of us, and what God could do. I was reading behind the same guy. He was talking about these locusts. And he said that in, 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 back, in the, back in the days of, of, of Jesus, they said that these locusts, they said that there are stories and that there are tales, Brother Lee, of, 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 of locusts taking over a ship and actually capsizing it in the Sea of Galilee because of how many and because of how much and because of the damage that they could do. And I began to read that and I began to think about this. And you know, so many times the devil wants to isolate us and the devil wants to let us think that we're on an island all by ourselves but when we all gather together and we all get together there's no telling what God can do with the majority but you know what it takes it takes us applying the principle of being committed if you're not committed you're not going to be here if you're not committed, this wasn't even an option today. If you're not committed, you'd have thought of 20 different things and would have done them. But you are committed. And so what does that tell us? That tells us that God is forming something special, that two churches are coming together and say, we are committed for one cause and for one purpose, and that's to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. That is to open up the Word of God and gather around the preaching of God's Word. Listen, that is what it's going to take to being committed. And every single one of us need to get to a place in our lives where we say, we will be committed to the things of God. Let me just stop and say this. I, I, I appreciate Fellowship Baptist Church for the men showing up and coming. And, man, and, and riding out with us. And, 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 and you will never understand 
from a pastor's heart what it does in my mind to know that you are committed. You're committed to the fellowship of men. You are committed to come to a place you've never been before. You had no idea what was going to take place. You, all you knew was the preacher said be at church at 4.30 and everybody but Brother Josh Hall was there at 4.30. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? I say this. I, I know brother, brother Josh is like anybody else. He don't want to be called. He don't, he, don't, he don't want nobody to give him a hand clap of praise. He was the one that, he, he, he was the one that texted me and said, Man, if you can just wait 15 more minutes, I'd love to go. Maybe you can just wait 15 more minutes and I, let me just jump on that van. I want to go. You know what that takes? Take somebody being committed. Take somebody that could have said, nah, y'all go ahead. And if we could just gather in our minds that God is letting us apply the principle of the locust, though they have no king and though it looks like they have no purpose, man, together, when they learn to commit, there's power in these locusts. And I want to give you this last one and I'm done. The ants give us the principle of being challenged. The conies give us the principle of being cautious. The locusts give us the principle of being committed. But this fourth one is the spider. And the Bible says in verse 28 that the spider taketh hold, watch this, with her hands. Do you see that? Her hands. Now every other one we ain't assume gender. You know, it's 2023. That's a, that's a sin. You don't do that, right? But <laughs> right here in verse number, amen. Right here in verse number twenty-eight, the Bible tells us that it, it's it's her gender. It says her hands. Now we understand this, and you can say this in a men's meeting, but God help, don't you dare say this in a women's meeting. I believe that it gives us the gender of this woman because it, it tells us that that just like the woman is the weaker vessel, it talks about that that there are times when we in ourselves we are weak. And I know that's hard to admit. I know room full of testosterone, a room full of men, when ain't nobody wants to admit they're weak. But that's why it tells it said that the spider taketh hold with her hands. Watch this. And is in the king's palaces. The spider helps us apply the principle of being consistent. And if that is one thing that we are missing in the men of our Baptist churches, it's men that will be consistent. Consistency is missing in our lives. Standing at, at, at the house one day and a man come knocked on my door. It was an exterminator. He said, y'all got problems with bugs? You got problems with this? And I said, no, we ain't got, we ain't got none of that. I said, i tell you what we do have. I said, Man, I've been noticing spiders. I said, spiders have been building webs on the outside of my house. And I said, man, I'll knock them down, they'll come back, knock them down, they'll come back, knock them down, they'll come back. And I said, man, is there anything you can do to get rid of those spiders? And here's what he told me. He said, any exterminator that tells you they can get rid of spiders is a liar. He said, because a spider is so persistent and so consistent that you can knock it down, knock it down, knock it down, and it'll come back. And in this passage of scripture, it tells us that this spider, that, that, that it's, it, notice the Bible, it don't, it's not on accident. It says that it taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palaces. Now here's why that's so important. Because the king had people specifically to clean the house. 
The king had hired hands that would specifically go and knock down any spider or any spider web that was in the palace. And so what the Bible is telling us is that this spider, she is in the king's palace. She is in a place where every time she lays a web, somebody comes and knocks it down. He puts one up in the morning, the hired hands comes and knocks it down in the afternoon. They put it up in the nighttime, they come by the next morning and knock it down. But the Bible tells us that she takes hold of it with her hands. Why? Because this spider is applying the principle of being consistent. Brother Lee, he's no, no doubt, loves to coon hunt. Church where I come from, Brother Jonathan, he, he loves to coon hunt. One of the things that I've noticed, and I, you, you tell me if you'd agree with this, there'd be times walking to the woods, and you'd hear that dog start treeing. And man, you'd cut loose, and you'd go to get it, and get ready to shoot one out of the tree. And you'd be walking to the tree, and it's dark, you got your headlamp on, you're looking, you turn it off, and you keep walking, you turn it on, you keep walking. Every coon hunter knows at some point during the night of coon hunting, you are going to walk through a spider web. And automatically you become a fourth degree black belt in karate. And you start. Anybody else like that? What are you doing? You're you're trying trying to get it off. And so you walk to the tree. Shoot the coon out. Watch the fight. Call the dogs off. Do some other things. And then you walk back. And do you know by the time that you have walked, shot the coon, got the dogs, and go back down the same trail, that spider that you just Judy chopped on the way to the tree, it has now created another web that you will then walk back through and turn into Bruce Lee. What does that spider know? That spider knows that it's consistent. That no matter how many times you knock that web down, she's going to come back around and build another one. But man, we live in a day and age. Preacher, get up and say the wrong thing. You take your ball and you go home. Preacher, get up and preach the word of God and it just don't sit well with you and you think he's shooting at you. Truth is, he probably is and you probably need it. Instead of being consistent, saying, man, I need that. You get mad and you go find another place. You get mad and you go down the road. You get mad and you never darken the door to another church. You know why? Because there's one principle you're lacking in your life, and it's consistency. That's why you can't stay at the same job more than two years. That's why you can't go to the same church for more than two years. That's why you can't stay with the same woman for more than two years because there's no consistency that's why you start reading your Bible one week and then you're not reading it the next week myself included why? because we lack the principle of consistency But this spider tells us that no matter what, she's living in the king's palace and no matter how many hired hands will come by and knock her web down, she has determined in her life that she will continue to be consistent and build that web day after day and night after night. My prayer is 
that through one of these principles, whichever one we're lacking in our own life, be honest with you, I find myself lacking in about four of them. Coincidentally, I preached on four of them. And every single one of them. I need to help myself apply those principles. Because there are more things I need to be cautious about. There are more things I need to be committed to. There are more things that I, I just need to be more consistent in. And just like that ant, that preparation, not everything's going to come easy in my life. And I need to learn to challenge myself to be a better man, to be a better husband, to soon be a better father, to be a better pastor, to be a better friend. And if that is somewhere in your life that you have struggled to, then let's do this tonight. Let's take a few moments. Let's get on an altar. And let's ask God to help us. Because if you're struggling with it, and I'm struggling with it, there's probably others that are struggling with it, and God may be trying to use you to help somebody else. So let's do that tonight. Let's come. Let's stand. And when you stand, let's do this. Let's make our way to the altar. Let's make our way and let's pray. Turn around there and you see. Come forward. Let's, let, let's just take some time. And let's pray. And let's ask God to help us. Say, preacher, what am I praying about? Ask God to make you a better husband. Ask God to make you a better preacher. Ask God to make you a better singer. Ask God to make you a better father. Ask God to help you to be a better Christian. Because if you'll take those places in your life, and if you'll apply these principles, we can be the men that our churches need in this day and age that we're living in. Take time and talk to the Lord. Pray and ask God to help.